We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I am your host. And my Mac just died. So uh, apologies for the late start, but uh, thankfully, I have a work laptop, and that's what I'll be using today. Shh, don't tell my work. Um, so yeah, uh, happy to dive in today to the uh, final preseason game. The Chargers obviously coming out victorious last night, 23-12. to And we'll also have our 53-man roster projection Joining me to do that is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? You look very festive this morning, and we're in August, so uh, I guess you're already looking forward to Christmas? Yeah, just, you know, a good morning <laughs> show. Got to wear some pajamas, of course, so here I am representing in the pajamas. I've got all sorts of random stuff I could wear on these streams, um, and see, your your Mac failing is just further proof why Alex and I are right. <laughs> I have an Android, and, and he has an Android, and yeah, don't, those Apple products are inferior. Hey, uh, my Mac lasted me since 2014, so it's it's got a lot of mileage on it and uh, lots of film watching and everything. So it's it's been good. I've been waiting and waiting to, you know, push in the boundaries to see how long I could go without buying a new one. But uh, apparently that time is now. So, uh, like I said, luckily I have a worked computer and I'm able to use that. Awesome. Well, everyone has another 800 to five or a thousand dollars just laying around to buy a new laptop right <laughs> yeah really i might have to wait so i might have to use my work computer for a lot more often from now on but we'll see how it yeah. goes 
Um, speaking of like festiveness, are you a are you a pumpkin coffee guy or no? Um, I like it, but it's not like oh my gosh, I can't wait for it. Yeah, yeah. Lots of people obviously uh, associating the return of college football with pumpkin coffee. So uh, yeah, I'm just glad that real football is back on TV today. Yeah, good and good for BYU for beating Utah. Apparently, <laughs> you discovered the holy war for the first time today, huh? I mean, obviously, I knew that there was a rivalry, but I didn't yeah. know it was called the Holy War, which is yeah. something. But no, it's like it's it's a legit thing, and uh, I mean, it's not it's not as much of a thing as it used to be because Utah was in the Pac-12 and BYU was independent; and they weren't playing each other as often. Mm. Um, but yeah, when I was growing up, man, it was like you know, uh, obviously the, the LDS church is so big in Utah and it's like, you, you didn't talk to people from your church for like two weeks while the the game was getting happening. So Mm. it's, uh, it's very intense in Utah. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. So let's dive into this preseason game first, and then we'll get to our, uh, roster prediction, uh, prediction here. Um, like I mentioned, Chargers winning 23 to 12, it was looking a little bleak there, uh, charge, uh, the 49ers obviously playing there um starters you know Easton Stick got sacked by Fred Warner in like 0.25 seconds and everybody was losing their minds I'm like I don't know what you want him to do in that scenario but um anyways the the Charger backups kind of settled in come out victorious Tyler what was kind of your your biggest takeaway from last night kind of the same as the first one is this gosh darn run game and the way they're able to get it going really from start to finish and even working the quarterbacks we saw what five other jet sweeps as well and they were all successfully run like they weren't fumbled it almost felt like a a, here's this i got you look we can do this correctly this year sort of thing because it it was just great to see that the chargers had two quarterbacks who threw for what 53 yards combined yeah and they basically went okay we'll just run it and they ran it and they ran it successfully and the numbers, I wanted them to just get a little bit more because the number looks cooler if they had eight more yards. But still, the last two seasons, right? We talked about this the first game. We're just in that one game. The running backs already had more yards than they did in the entire other preseasons combined. And just in that one game. But looking at it now, three games, you know, compared to those three games, 208 yards rushing in 2021, 227 and 222 in 2022, and then 592 rushing yards. In 2023, it does help a bit that you have Max Duggan who can run and Easton Sick can run. So that kind of does add things there. But you've got two running backs on your team that broke 100 yards, both like over 140 yards. Um, the run game looks good. And that's all they could do yesterday, basically. And it didn't matter. And that, look, the, the, the 49ers defensive front is no joke. I don't care if it's their first string guy, second string guys. That's a very well-coached group. That's a very talented group. That's the defensive line had, coach in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, and they had 260-something rushing yards. It was it was impressive. That's my biggest takeaway because, goodness, that was good. Yeah, you know, we talked on the Chargers feed about, like, you know, what we wanted to see different heading into this game. And the thing that I brought up was, like, I just felt like Kellen Moore was never really able to get the offense in rhythm. And some of that was player performance for sure. Um, but he adjusted on the fly and, you know, he realized that the passing game was not necessarily working at at the way that they wanted it to. And so they leaned into the run game. And I, I I mentioned this after the first game, I love the diversity in which Kellen Moore can call these plays and the way that he can, you know, kind of bounce some of these, uh, concepts 
outside of what is their traditional or, or I guess base runs, if you will, which are the inside runs. I know we had a lot of fun the last couple of years, not necessarily fun, but made fun a lot of the jet sweeps and things like that and doing it to Michael Mandy and Keenan Allen and, and Andre Roberts and all those guys. But, you know, when you are so heavily relying on inside runs, the jet sweep is a great way to loosen up the defenses and, and even just the motion, like it, it gets the defense flowing. It gets the defense kind of wondering like, oh, if they hand, are they actually going to hand this one off? Okay, they handed it off. Like now we have to go get it. And obviously it helps to run it to the right kind of players, right? Obviously it's it's different running it to Darius Davis than a guy like Michael Bandy. And, you know, Darius Shepard got a couple jet sweeps as well. So the, the identity was such a big issue for the Chargers in the run game last year. And that's not going to be the case this year. You know, it's inside runs, it's downhill. It's we're going to come at you and our guards are all fantastic pullers, whether it's Zion, Jamari, Jordan McFadden, um, you know, Corey Lindsley, obviously is a fantastic puller. Rashawn Slater is a fa fantastic puller. Trey Pipkin. So it's exciting, man. Like we we haven't seen the first team offense, obviously, outside of the scrimmage and outside of the, um, you know, the, the Saints joint practices get a ton of like very valuable reps. But the way that the run game is cooking right now is very, very encouraging. And I mean, last night they had 41 rush attempts and 20 and 20 pass attempts. Like, <laughs> when was the last time you could see that happening for a Chargers football game? So, Kellen Moore has this run game cooking. I cannot wait to watch what it looks like with the starters because everything really has just kind of clicked into place with the second unit. And that should be very exciting when we get to see the starters come out in week one. Yeah, there was like a handful of things they could have done out of one thing in 2021. You really saw it against the Eagles with that RPO sort of thing. And Herbert really never kept it, I don't recall. Maybe once. Not very often, no. But there was typically like, okay, someone on the deep over potentially, but they always had that motioning guy. It was like Josh Palmer, Andre Roberts, or whoever it was. And they could run like five different things out of that. And they kind of got away from that. Yeah. But it always seemed to be very successful. And now they're just kind of keeping that. Um, but this time you have Darius Davis, sometimes Quentin Johnston. In practice, we've seen Isaiah Spiller be the guy on the jet sweep. Um, but that is a big part of that read option for, I, I'm assuming, Justin Herbert. We'll see. Um, so just be able to do that with those guys, with Eckler, Kelly, whoever. It, it's great to see that they're they're building that as a part of their offense. And it's great that they just, like you said, they, they just put this on film now. You do have to respect this because the Chargers just did it five times in the in one preseason game. Yep. So it's a real thing. So if it's Darius Davis, Quentin, Spiller, whoever, it is a real thing that they will have to they will have to keep in mind. Yeah, and uh, Kevin pointing out, you know, the read option keepers. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Easton Stick, Max Duggan, you're really going to lean into that in the preseason because they can do that very, very well. And, you know, there's some other limitations out there. But, you know, Justin Herbert, like we've seen him do some speed options at practice. We've seen him do the, the read option keepers. Um he scored on a touchdown on Thursday, I believe, with, uh, you know, a quarterback power read option kind of concept. So it, it's going to be a thing. And I think it's really going to benefit this team. And we've seen other teams like the Eagles and, and some of these other teams like the Ravens who have, you know, a running quarterback and just like the gravity that that option and that threat can take and free up some of your you know, rushing concepts is it's huge. And same thing with the jet sweeps, if you can do those effectively. So there's just such a nice balance conceptually of what this run game has looked like. And it's exceeded all expectations to this point. Like 
there was a little bit, you know, in the first couple of weeks, it was like, oh, they're not really able to get much going on the ground. Like it's kind of a work in progress. And then it's really come to come together very, very nicely over the last few weeks in particular. And, I, and like I said, I, I think with the diversity of the play calling like this, this run game is going to be night and day difference over the last two years. Yeah. And it, it is nice that should there be an issue with the offensive tackles and, you know, you can run more with you have offensive tackles that are healthy, but like they can lean on their interior and just run it and run it downhill in the middle if they need to. It's nice to see that because we're not so feeling so hot about the backup tackle situation. So it's at least good to know that worst yeah. case scenario, it seems like this team can just run it if they need to close out a game. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, so let's get into some other takeaways here. I, I do want to mention the, again, we've talked a lot about the young defensive backs. Um, and I wanted to bring this up uh, specifically because Dean Leonard, I felt like, mm -hmm. was arguably the standout of the game on defense. Um, you know, he, I thought he had a, a great pass breakup. You know, obviously he recovered the fumble. Um, he has really, really taken very positive steps forward in this preseason, uh, you know, in comparison to what he was last year. So Dean Leonard had forced four in incompletions this preseason, which is four more than he did last year. He was the second highest graded run defender across the three games, according to PFF. And I know run grade, uh, PFF grades can be very subjective and hit or miss, but still that's a very notable statistic in my opinion because he's a cornerback because he doesn't get that many opportunities to be in there but he's really gone out of his way to show that improvement in that regard and so I think that you know there's several players who could be you know nominated for this award but I think Dean Leonard is clearly my choice for most improved player from last year to this year and I think that he's uh, you know obviously we know what he can do on special teams um, you know, Kevin pointing out, you know, he had the the rough rep against Brandon Ayuk. That's understandable. Brandon Ayuk's one of the best receivers in the league, but the way that he bounced back and really looked so comfortable against the second units. And I thought that Dean Leonard was fantastic again last night. And, you know, I don't know if we want to do game balls today or not, but if we do, Dean Leonard is my choice. Yeah. Most improved, I would consider him potentially preseason MVP to a certain extent. Like, sure. Again, I said it the last time we talked. I've I've been so wrong about this guy. The, the turnaround that he's had, and I know I saw some comments like, "Well, he played in you know in, in Canada." I totally get that. There's just a huge jump, though. Still, jump also near against um, Jamison Williams and oh gosh, who's the receiver for the Texans? Um, had cancer. Oh, uh, Mechie. Yes, uh, he's going from. No oh, offense. at Alabama, you mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah, playing against Alabama. Yeah, he was playing against those guys. It's like it's a very different jump, and it didn't look so good. And then he jumps to the NFL, and it like his improvement. I I don't recall what it looked like when Michael Davis was first jumping into the league, and how fast he got you know released in playing time. I feel like I don't remember him much in the preseason. I remember him more just because guys got hurt. He played in the regular season. Sure, it's kind of how I remember Michael Davis, but. I mean, I'm not saying he's heir apparent, but like Dean Leonard, you feel very good about the trajectory of where he's going. And he's somewhat, it's not like he has a very limited skill set or he's not very athletic. This is someone you can continue to develop. And it, we're just seeing a perfect match between skill set and coaching and technique. I know there were moments, I, I don't remember what Dean Leonard officially gave up, but when he gives up a play, 
it's like, well, what else could you have done, you know, in some of those instances or it's like, okay, yeah, Ayuk got him on one, but this is a seventh rounder last year. He's exceeded expectations by miles. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't believe how good he looks after just one year. And really like the first game of the preseason last year against the Rams, he was a player where everyone was like, oh God, he's terrible. But to see him in a year, turn it around like he has, to the point where you feel pretty darn good about him yeah. as one of your backups. I mean, I'm in, I'm impressed. I'm seriously impressed. They didn't take a corner in this draft, right? Yeah, they didn't take a corner in this draft. And this is one that feels justified. I feel really, really good about him. Uh, he's been awesome. Yeah, so in the three games as a whole, Dean Leonard was targeted 12 times. Uh, 61 coverage snaps. He only allowed four receptions on those 12 targets. Um, you know, two of those catches were Brandon Ayuk last night. So, you know, pretty, pretty good. Um, forced incompletion percentage is 33% with the forced incompletions. Uh, his passer rating when targeted was 59. Those are all very, very above average numbers. And the way that he played, it's like almost like we should have expected it, if that makes sense. Like, he just looks so comfortable out there that he looked like somebody who's not really, mm-hmm. you know, a former seventh round pick, maybe potentially fighting for a roster spot. He looked like he was a starter playing against backups. Like that's how comfortable he looked throughout the preseason. Um, and it's just, it's such a positive, positive step. You know, we obviously were, we're pretty excited about Jasir Taylor. We haven't really seen him play all that well in the preseason, but Dean Leonard has looked really, really good. He's had some really fantastic moments throughout all three games in practices. You, you've mentioned this, you know, the pass break against Mike Williams in the scrimmage, pass break up against Keenan Allen in practices. You know, he had some good moments against the Saints receivers. So it's been it's been a really, really great story. And I think a story that has kind of slipped under the radar a little bit uh, in terms of Charters coverage this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see who who found him to be completely honest, like who decided that like, that's a player we should go draft. Cause I know I think Xander was the one where the agent was kind of pushing the charges to take him. Yeah. Um, Dean, I I don't know where they found him. Like I I know where, but like, (laughs) I don't know how, you know, like who pounded the table for Dean Leonard, uh, give that guy a raise and whoever it was awesome. Um, Has he played much? No, he's only played two slot snaps. No, so he's that's the other thing is he's he's very clearly like a potential Michael Davis replacement like I I would love for this team to be able to keep Michael Davis but like stylistically like Dean Leonard Mm -hmm. and Michael Davis are are your two very clearly like we're outside corners this is our Mm -hmm. bag like we're gonna be the big physical guys Um, on his pass breakup it looked just like a Michael Davis play like if, if when they show the replay he did an inside stab. He won the leverage right away. He trailed the coverage on the inside, mm-hmm. and then he made a play on the football. It was a fantastic, fantastic rep. Um, Mark Webb almost came down with that interception, but uh, Dean Leonard looks good, man. I'm excited to see uh, his development and see if he can you know, potentially earn a role this season. Technically, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> but next sure. year. Next, next year. year. Next, next year is fair. Fair, fair, fair. All right, Tyler, uh, did you have another takeaway from last night? Uh, Tight end three might be tight end five. Uh, I I just prefer, and look, part of it is maybe usage or whatever. Um, Obviously, you're you're 
I'm sure McKitty was going up against more of the better 49ers defenders. Um, they're retiring Antonio Gates number at some point this year, or sorry, he's going into the hall of the ring of honor and Antonio Gates, uh, finished with more receiving yards in the preseason this year than Trey McKitty did. Um, <laughs> and look, you had to put it that way. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they, again, it is not entirely on this player and I haven't watched the game back on all 22. So maybe he was open more, but they gave him triple the routes run than he has in any of the last two seasons going from like, you know, 11 routes run to 37 and he has negative three yards. He has for his entire career in the preseason, 12 yards in the preseason. And I, I don't know, man, again, I, I don't think it's completely on him. We've been fair to highlight the positives throughout training camp. After the scrimmage, we both talked about him. Maybe things will be better in the regular season. But I'm just struggling to find. I mean, Brandon Sealy has said over and over to him more than anybody else or about him more than anybody else. Yeah. This preseason season is huge. You need to have a good preseason. I don't think negative three yards is what they were hoping for. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, like his primary role is as a blocker. But even to that point, you know, again, PFF grades, subjective. I disagree with a lot of what they do over there from a grading perspective. But Trey McKitty was their lowest graded run defender. Stone Smart was not much better for what it's worth. Um, and I think he's really being overvalued right now, personally. We'll get into that in a second. <laughs> um, I think a lot of the allure of Stone Smart right now is that people are so just done with Trey McKitty right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that's fair. I think that's I think that's totally fair. I totally get it. Stone Smart has looked good, but I, I would pump the brakes a little bit on Stone Smart. Um, regardless, Trey McKitty has had about the worst possible preseason that we could have hoped for. You know, I, I think like you mentioned at the scrimmage, I thought he showed some really good signs. I thought he was, you know, he was the clutch catch, right? Like, and, and other other than that, I thought he had a really good blocking performance. And then Brandon City was like, well, he's still got to prove himself after the game. And rightfully so. Like, I thought it was a little bit harsh at the time, but rightfully so. So it's just, it's frustrating to see somebody who put in a lot of extra work this offseason, presumably, you know, going to tight end you, getting his body right, and just has not come to fruition. So I think the Chargers have to go veteran hunting on the waiver wire at this point. Um, to get a legitimate blocker, like inline blocker. And that's the other thing here is that you could keep Stone Smart on the roster for sure. He can be your tight end four, but he's not replacing Trey McKitty. It's not a one-for-one swap because Stone Smart is not an inline blocker. Um, he's not somebody that you want sealing the edge and, and you know setting the, the tone on the inside and reaching cup uh, backside cutoffs. Like That's just not his bag. Like, the way that they've been using him as a blocker is, I think, very appropriate where, you know, he's blocking cornerbacks, safeties, linebackers in space. He's not doing much in line stuff. That's very appropriate. Um, but Trey McKitty, like, I think he could make the roster. And then as soon as they find somebody different, he's he's kind of the cut candidate. But it's yeah, it's unfortunate, man. Like, I, I hate to see 
players, you know, lose these jobs and not perform well because, you know, like this is their life, like this is their job. Mm -hmm. But Trey McKitty just has not, it has not worked out this year. And and sometimes you just got to move on. Yeah. If this were a seventh round pick or undrafted free agent or sixth round pick, fifth round pick, that's it. I think it would have been it after the season if he, if that were the case. Yeah, potentially so. Um, yeah, it, it's been rough. So I hope for better. You know, things are things change in the regular season. Um, what are you trying to pull up here? Stone Smart. Yeah, as, as Thomas points yeah. out, Stone Smart is insurance for Gerald Everett. Like that's that's his role. He's, yeah, he's backup Gerald Everett. Yeah, of course. And you know, he he's got some mild Steven Anderson in him uh, in that sense. But he's like I forget what the chart. I forget what we figured out the Chargers' average tight end draft pick was. But it's like 240, 250 for these guys for like the, the blockers that they'd want. He's, I don't know if he's bulked up, but he's listed at 226, uh, both on his RAS and on the team website. You know, I love what he did. He's made great blocks. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to say like he's not a good blocker. He's made right. great blocks. He's just what you're saying, not a, a the inline guy that they need. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think they trade free agent signing, whatever. I think you, you think you got to make the move and it's tough, but yeah, it's just, it just hasn't been what we'd hope for. Yeah. You know, there's some Mo Alley Cox rumors out there. There's some uh, other tight ends that could potentially be available. Um, you know, Max Williams is still a veteran free agent. You know, the Cardinals are, you know, tanking. Maybe they could finally get that Jess Swaim deal worked out. Um, but it's just you, you got to get something done. I, I I would hate to see this run game not reach its potential because of poor blocking at the tight end position again for the second year in a row. So mm-hmm. you know, the, Donald Parham I think can be workable at that spot. I think Trey McKitty, if he's right, can be workable at that spot. But that's that's not what you want. That's a very low bar. You want your bar to be good, positive blockers, and that's just not what they have right now. Yeah, you actually do not have a good blocker on your team, probably. And I don't think you, even if you're more optimistic about Donald Parham, and I, I lean more optimistic, he's unreliable. Like, he didn't play this last preseason game because he got hurt again. Yeah. Um, granted, it's kind of precautious. Brandon Sally said precautious, and now I'm saying precautious. Uh, <laughs> precautionary. Um but still, very worrisome, and we definitely, I'm, I'm sure every fan in this chat definitely did not talk about the tight end depth all offseason. <laughs> no, it couldn't have been us. You know, it, it was only the the best tight end class ever in the history of tight end classes. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the chat didn't want a tight end ever, I'm sure. We no. never talked about tight ends or anything. Everybody, um, everybody did. It's not a surprise. No, it's not. Unfortunately not. Um, last thing before we get into the roster here. Um, Charger special teams, man. Like we've talked about Ryan Ficken a lot. JK Scott looks like a legit weapon this year. I think last year he was very, very good. And I think the way that they had his plan really executed their vision for him. Um, but last night and throughout the all of this preseason, JK Scott has been hitting bombs. And I've loved to see his development. They obviously brought him back for a long-term deal. Um, you know, and, and obviously the kicking unit needs to be settled, but um jk scott looks really really good you know they're getting great production from any gunner who plays at this point you know keelan doss is not exactly a super fast player but he has looked really good as a gunner 
you know, Taiwan Mullen has made some plays as a gunner, and we obviously know what Dean Leonard and Jasir Taylor did last year. So um, this punt unit in particular is is a very, very big advantage for the Chargers. And now that J.K. Scott is is maybe showing off his his distance a little bit more, um, it's it's an exciting unit to watch. And um, unfortunately, I think might lead Brandon Staley to be a little bit more passive on fourth downs. But uh, <laughs> we'll see how we'll see how that one goes. But um, it's been really good unit to watch this year. Yeah. So let's see. Forty eight point five yards per attempt. That's three and a half more yards than last year during the preseason. Um, he's I mean, I, I love watching punts where the camera goes up and they lose the ball and they have to kind of like shift over, you know, when like you're watching football games and the, the announcer's like, whoa, what a booming punt. <laughs> and we haven't really had, like we sort of had that with, with J.K. Scott last year, but it feels like every time this dude punts a football, it's yeah. gone. Like this thing is gone. It's up forever. I don't remember what it was after this game. I can look it up while we're talking, but I think after last game, I think he led the NFL in hang time. Uh, yeah, him and Jordan Stout were, were right there. Yeah. Yeah, just just a weapon and, and very accurate, it seems, too. The the unit is just completely in sync. We'll see what happens with the kicker, of course, but I feel good either way they go. It's just, and now you've added Darius Davis, of course, which it wasn't so hot last night, but that's fine. That's also not your starting group out there. Um, feel pretty good, man. Like The Chargers to have both a returner and a punter to be weapons kind of for the offense or defense, in a way, is just awesome. Yeah, like just... The hidden yards that will get this team to another win and you know you can't really maybe quantify it necessarily during every game well, i guess you can but the hidden yards will, will amount to something in the end so yeah. yeah it's awesome and that was such a big issue for this team in 2021 like if ryan ficken were around in 2021 that team probably makes the playoffs like you know it's oh yeah it's such a big difference and you know like i'm heading into the season and expecting a, a good special teams unit if not a very good special teams unit so uh love ryan ficken love what he's brought to this team and um you know excited to see how, how it really comes to fruition throughout the whole season all right tyler uh any final thoughts from last night before we dive into our roster prediction um no they'll all kind of tie into the roster prediction all right sounds good we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so as always, we do have a Google Sheet up, and we'll go through and, and uh, put all of these players and kind of sort them out as, as much as we can. Um, 
this is the whole death chart, right? Or is this is this is not the 53 from last time? Thank you for making it bigger. Appreciate that. Yep. Okay. It so let most of the contenders. It's not most, uh, cut off some of the yeah. No okay. offense. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Okay, so let's do offense first and then we'll do defense and special teams. Um should we start with the quarterbacks? Do you want to start <laughs> with the wide receivers? Do you want to start uh, with the line? The quarterback one is, is such the debate because that's the spot that frees up the other spots that we need to talk about. Yeah. So I guess we should. Why would they? I mean, I know why, but why would they not keep three quarterbacks in the year they actually benefit it a bit more them. from keeping yeah. a third quarterback? I, no, I know the I know the answer, Chad. I know the answer to that question. I watched the game last night too. But I don't know, man. It's so tough. There are so many players, and we'll talk about running backs soon, who deserve to be on this team. Not that Duggan doesn't deserve it, but guys, other guys deserve it a bit more. It's just, I don't know, man. I don't see how another team goes out and gets claims Duggan. And if they do, are you losing as much sleep over it? I don't think so. But the Chargers every year keep three quarterbacks. Even if this and the, and they've had much better QB twos in the past, and they still kept their quarterbacks. So I don't know. I I I think they cut him, but I'm prepared to be completely wrong again. Yeah i I think that the Chargers should take advantage of having that extra roster spot on the 53. I understand if they view it as they'd rather have the roster spot advantage on the 48. That being said, like I keep on thinking about this and like what they're going to do with Max Duggan and, and everything like that. And, you know, he hasn't exactly like looked great in the preseason as a passer. I think he's done some really good things with his legs, but he just, not, he just does not look super comfortable as a passer right now. And I think that's fair. You know, he's coming from an air raid offense where it was mostly like four receiver sets. And if my first read is not open, I'm just going to take off and run like that's that's what his offense was. And that's OK to me. I think they've been so intentional about Easton stick and getting him reps that that's kind of an indication that they would rather have a solidified quarterback two situation than run it back with three quarterbacks. So. I think I'm going to side with you. I think I'm going to side with Daniel Popper on this one and say that mm -hmm. Max Duggan does not make the roster. And I think there's just not the same level of concern about somebody else claiming him. You know, I, I think there were several reporters who, you know, over the years were always suggesting that if Easton Stick were to get cut, that other teams would have claimed him. And I think there's some validity to that. I don't feel the same way about Max Duggan. I don't think that he's put enough good things out on tape. I don't think there was really enough interest in him as an undrafted free agent where there's going to be enough teams who had him high, highly graded to go claim him. And one of those teams who potentially would be interested in him just traded for Trey Lance. So I think Max Duggan mm -hmm. is officially a cut candidate. Yeah. I I don't feel good about that because of, of the, the past, but yeah. Uh, well, and we, say, we said this the other day too. It's like, if anything happens to Herbert, I think they would just go sign a veteran to back up Easton stick 
and mm-hmm. not have Max Duggan back up Easton Stick. Like, I think that's just the reality. And I think that has to play into his roster role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Can we go to tight end receiver before running back? Because I feel like those inform what happens at running back. Sure, sure. So I think the first thing we can do with the receiver is move Jalen Guyton to the pup list. I think he's yeah. made some progress, but I think they can afford to be patient with him. So I think that they can hold him on the pup list until the bye week. And so that's that's opening up a spot, if you will. But um, mm-hmm. I would not expect to see Jalen Guyton be on the initial 53-man roster. Nope. Pup list. It makes sense. Like, use it, I guess. Like, keep another receiver or whoever. Keep that spot for somebody else. So, yeah, Jalen Guyton, pup list. And so I guess the that is the question. Who's the other receiver? Do they keep six? Yeah, that's that's the debate uh, outside of the quarterback. I think that's the biggest debate uh, mm-hmm. is that receiver position. So um, we talked a little bit about on the Chargers channel, you know, the whole like Josh Palmer versus Quentin Johnston thing. I think mm-hmm. Josh Palmer is very clearly that wide, wide receiver three. Um, obviously, the debate here is Keelan Doss versus John Hightower. Terrell Bynum has looked okay at certain moments, but really it's it's Dawson Hightower. What is your read with those two? I think it's about how you finish. And I think Keelan Doss is the guy who's finished stronger. Again, Hightower very much so is, I think, a better complement to maybe what they want on offense, especially with Jalen Guyton out. But at this point, Doss has just been the consistent guy um and i think hightower hasn't really done much he really he yeah. really needed something in that last game and it just didn't didn't happen last the you know second game okay he's coming back fine third game needed more now i know like the quarterbacks didn't help him either but yeah not not a great finish to the the preseason for john hightower so i think it's doss um i think it's doss or honestly just five receivers but for now i, I think it mm. is doss yeah, I, I, I'm leaning towards Doss right now as well. I would prefer them to keep Hightower just because I think that's a better balance of skill sets. Um, but ever since Hightower got that little injury, we just have not seen him perform. And it's unfortunate, but that's that's the life of a bu- roster bubble player. Um, so I think Hightower, unfortunately, did not do enough in the preseason. I don't think he did enough as a special teams player to be on the roster. I think if he had continued to build those practices up into, you know, quality performances in the preseason, it would have been him as a no-brainer. But Keelan Doss has just been really steady for this team. He's worked with the first-team offense periodically all throughout training camp, which we didn't really see John Hightower do a ton of. Um, but as Daniel Popper pointed out in his prediction article, you know, every single walkthrough, the team always separates first team and second team. And Keelan Doss was always with the first team offense. So I think that's enough. We can come back and officially make our decision on Doss in a second here. But Mm -hmm. if they keep six receivers, I do agree. I think it is Keelan Doss. Yeah, I'd agree. My only thing, I guess, with this is how close is Jalen Guyton to returning? We don't know. Right. You know, he's got like a little bit where it's like, oh, he's working off to the side. And that's great. But that's that could be months. It could be weeks. I could be tomorrow. I don't know. So, yeah, uh, DOS would be my lead for now if they keep six. But there is part of roster construction where you might look at another player rather than a sixth receiver. Yeah. 
So let's uh, you can take Hightower out. Let's leave Doss on there for now. Okay. And uh, we can come back to that. All right. <laughs> Tyler, I think we have one of your students in the chat right now. <laughs> oh, hey, do your homework. Oh, I don't give homework. Do your something else. Go study. Go study. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's do the offensive line next. Um, you know, it's one one thing I do want to point out is Brendan Hymas has looked much more comfortable at center. That appears to be his best position. I think he's played really well in the preseason at center. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, you're not keeping six centers, but I did want to mention that he he looks more at home there. Yeah. I think he's definitely somebody you want to bring back on the practice squad. And maybe next year you have a bit of more of a competition for center too, depending on what happens with Will Clapp. Mm -hmm. But uh, Hymas, I think we can take off and, and put him at practice squad. Yeah, I'd agree. Hymas, um, I don't know if it's like Ryan Hunter's a good comparison, but could be kind of like their swingish backup practice squad interior guy although sure. hunter's not on the team anymore sure oh man we got a bot get out of here bot go away bot all right ban 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 okay austin pleasance uh played guard this week i think he probably is better at guard than tackle he looked good he looked all um, right um yeah he looked okay but uh yeah practice squad for sure respect um i think this is the nine um, yeah I think Zach Bailey should be swing tackle, but I think it's Foster Sorrell's job. Um, you know, it is what it is, but I think this is the nine because I think they really, really like Zach Bailey as kind of a swing everything. He took reps at four of the five spots along the offensive line at some point throughout training camp. Reportedly has looked good at all of them. So mm -hmm. I think Zach Bailey is going to be tremendously valued for this team. And I think he definitely is a roster lock at this point. Yeah, watching him play tackle yesterday, I almost wondered why that wasn't kind of the why that wasn't happening plan. from the jump. <laughs> <laughs> so at least they figured it out in the end, right? At least they kind of yeah. gave it a shot in the end. So, but yeah, he looked he looked good. Bailey has looked very consistent. I think the numbers back that up too. So I'm happy with him on the team. I will say to Foster's credit, I think he looks much more comfortable at right tackle than he did at left tackle throughout the preseason in training camp. Um but yeah, it's I, I would much prefer to see Zach Bailey get out there instead of Foster Sorrell. Yeah, he's look good. All right, so we got our nine. Oh, I need to start doing numbers. Hold on. <laughs> two, 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 two. Oh, you have the formula this time. Nicely done. Yeah, look at us. Go Mavs. Go Mavs. All right. <laughs> we got two quarterbacks. All right. All right. At tight end. Um, or obviously we can Xander's making it. Uh he's a yeah. core four special teams player. So uh I I think his use as a fullback is not gonna be very high this year, but special teams, this team really likes him there. Um okay, tight ends. What do you what are you doing here? Because I like I said, <laughs> I think people need to pump the brakes a little bit on Stone Smart, but what are you what's your read there? Oh man, I I've, okay, and I feel like I know where you're leaning, which might be the opposite of where I am. So no Cat Moyer, although I think he's been I think he's potentially a better blocker. He's, than he's Camp Moyer, man. Like he's he's solid. He's he's a great blocking tight end for the second and third team unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to say that they keep four for now for four tight ends. We can circle back and, and change that. Um, I just think Smart. I, I think these two offensive guys, Dotson and Smart, have done you know quite a bit for themselves to to show up every week and put good things on film for them to keep them. They've been high on Stone Smart. They kept him around last year, got him this year. He's your old Everett insurance. 
Um, you know, Parham can't quite do it. McKitty, I don't seen him really do whatever it can do. Smart, I think, could maybe fill that role if needed. So I think he's valuable enough. And you don't know, like this entire tight end room could be overhauled and gone next year. Yeah. Um, so I think Stone Smart is a guy you want to keep and keep developing. Your student says that you're his favorite teacher or her favorite teacher. I don't know which one it is, but you're their favorite teacher. Um, (laughs) I mean, you don't give homework, so. Yeah. What is homework? Yeah. Go have a lot. Okay. So I think on the initial 53-man roster, I think we do see four of them. I think that Stone Smart has done enough to earn a roster spot. I just, I just kind of disagree with like how he's being portrayed right now. Yes. Um, so I think it's fair that he makes this makes the roster spot. To me, if you're debating Stone Smart versus Keelan Doss versus Elijah Dotson, I think Stone Smart would probably have the best chance of being active on the roster. Yep. Because I think he can give you something different than the other tight ends. Even if you upgrade over Trey McKitty, I think Stone Smart can still have a role on mm-hmm. offense, even if it's kind of sparingly so yeah of those three like bubble guys i think stone smart has the best chance of being active although Mm -hmm. i would say dotson has probably had the best preseason yeah i would say dotson is the one i'm most worried about being claimed yeah and also the best preseason so which makes things a bit dicey so we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this yeah, but I, I I think in terms of roster spot, I think yeah. Stone is the safest of the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree there. So I think we can have four there. Mm-hmm. Running back wise, uh, Huzman looked good last night. I, I hate that he was injured because yeah, I really like the way he played last night. 12 carries, I think it was like four and a half, close to five yards per carry. So it was a, it was a good performance for him. I can't believe they gave him 12 carries. <laughs> We're able to give him 12 carries. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, I don't think that he's he's going to make the roster. I think he's a practice squad guy. Yeah, practice squad guy, obviously the the guy. If everybody else, oh no, because they have um the guy who's I didn't even know that they signed him when we talked about him, and oh. I've already forgotten his name. Shimpkins. Yeah, sure. Shampkins. Shamp- like Shamplin. I don't know. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. I hope you don't watch this. Who I forget your name. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, uh, Thomas Martinez pointing out Huzman is a tank. Um, I think if I'm predicting how this is going to go, I think Elijah Dotson gets cut, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, Shamplin. I would Aaron agree. Champlin, that's his name. Thank and you. Thanks um, everybody in the chat. Best of luck to him. I, I would agree, and I, I hate it. Uh, they've kept four running backs very consistently. So that's not like a new thing if they did. Yeah. But I, I don't know, man. I, I hate this one. I do. I, I do too. But part of the reason why they've kept four running backs in the past is because it's been so uncertain. You've had a guy in that room that's maybe a little bit unproven. So you want some flexibility. Like last year, it makes sense to keep four running backs because Isaiah Spiller was injured. He's just not ready yet. This year, I think you feel good about Eckler, Kelly, and Spiller and where each of them are at. I know Spiller last night didn't have the greatest game, but I thought he looked good against the Saints. I thought he looked good against the Rams. So I think you feel good about those three. And Kelly can play special teams. He has that value. I think Elijah Dotson can be, if he makes it through, I think he's probably your best practice squad player. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I just I don't see the value in keeping four running backs this year because the other guys ahead of Dotson are all pretty solidified. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. And if we can if we complain about not having six wide receivers last year, then I think we have to keep consistent with that and, and get six this year, regardless if you feel Dotson has been better than Doss or Hightower or whatever. And technically, I think Doss's spot is just sort of a temporary thing if we keep him because it's, it's guidance if he's back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree. I, I dislike it very much, but a lot of guys deserve to be on the roster. He's one of them. I, I loved his preseason. Um, yeah, I, I just think they go three here. Yeah. I hope he doesn't get claimed. I really hope so, but I I think he showed enough where he probably could make an active roster, just not this one. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, that hurt. All right. Yeah. Um, as a reminder, it's not that the Chargers will keep X player over X player, especially when they're at different positions. Um, and also this is just the initial 53. Like there are going to be some changes. I think they're like, you're just talking about, you know, Keelan Doss is probably a bit of a placeholder until Mm -hmm. Jalen Guyton gets healthy. And I think similar to similar at tight end, I think Trey McKitty is a placeholder until they can find uh, a different blocking tight end that they trust mm-hmm. yeah i'd agree so we're gonna go six wide receivers with dos being the sixth yeah I, I think that's that's where i'm at i don't know about you but i think that i think dos over dotson i think is is the right call yeah in terms of predictions i think so yeah all right let's get to the defense i think there's some more interesting debates over here as well yeah. Um, obviously you feel great about the chargers, uh, starting unit, especially with Austin Johnson coming back. Should we start with the defensive line? I feel like that's kind of the most interesting group to sort out. Yeah, sure. Go for it. All right. So I think the players who are safe, uh, I think you're doing this, but I think you can move Otito to pup. Um, I think he's further away from coming back than Jalen Guyton for what it's worth. Um, Obviously, Jalen Guy has been at practice more frequently recently, but I think the players who are safe in the defensive line room are Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, and Nick Williams, mm-hmm. um, and Scott Matlock. I, I would be shocked if they cut him. So um, the debate, I guess, is Christopher Hinton versus Gerard Clark versus David Moa versus CJ Okoye. Mm-hmm. Where are you at with that group? Uh, we predicted Gerard Clark initially because Chris Hinton, you know, wasn't doing a ton and we you know we felt good about him developing maybe and we heard that maybe they felt good about him and then they just kind of made him like the third guy while um you know austin johnson was hurt so i just think because of the number of snaps that he's he's received working a lot with the first unit while some guys were hurt i think hinton is the safe guy here so i think gerard clark has the best chance of the other guys to make it but i think that he is um, the odd man out here if they're keeping six yeah, similar to Dotson, I I think unfortunately they're not going to be able to hold him. Mm-hmm. I think that he's statistically speaking, like I think he's a he's up to eight run stops on the preseason. <laughs> so he's he's been good in his role, but we need to pay attention to the reps when it comes to these kind of conversations. I know that everybody right. wanted Gerard Clark to be the guy. We predicted mm-hmm. him initially. But Christopher Hinton was first team nose tackle pretty much right away. And he yeah. stayed with the first team throughout the entire training camp and preseason. 
Gerard Clark never really got to make that leap. And I think some of that is just that Christopher Hinton can do more things. I think he can play in the nose. I think he can play the three tech. I think he can play the five tech. I think he can rush the passer. I think he can, I think he can stop the run. And I think that he's just further along in his development. Um, yeah. I think there's just more consistency and versatility there. So I hope the Chargers are able to keep Gerard Clark. I definitely think that he is a practice squad player that I would be interested in keeping, but I do think Christopher Hinton has, has beaten him out. Yep. Yep. Good for him. That was a surprise for sure. Yeah. Before we started the year, I didn't yeah. want to guess that. Um, and regarding CJ Okoye, uh, the Chargers do have an exemption, an exemption status with him. Tom Telesco was asked about this last night on the, on the, on the broadcast. So as long as he clears waivers, which he should, I think he's flashing really interesting things, but, He's played three football games in his life, so he should clear waivers. <laughs> and the Chargers can keep him on the practice squad for two years. And that's another benefit because that basically means that they have 17 practice squad uh, mm. spots instead of 16 because of the international pathways uh, uh, rules, I guess. Yeah. And then, yeah, another player we weren't so sure about was Nick Williams. Like, okay, is he just a veteran? You bring him in, whatever. But he's not—he's not played. He's making the team. So that was yeah. kind of up in the air a few months ago. It's—he's pretty certainly making the team now. Yeah, there were there were some people talking about this about how like last year and the year previously, like the Chargers would cut Christian Covington and then mm-hmm. keep Foster Morell and Brayden Fajoko because they were worried about them like being claimed, and then they would. <laughs> Switch the two basically after cut down day because they right. were concerned about those guys being claimed. And some people were saying that they could do that again this year with Nick Williams and Gerard Clark. I think that in theory, that's a good idea, but I think mm-hmm. this team is significantly higher on Nick Williams than they were about Christian Covington. I think Nick Williams is a very clear tier above Christian Covington. Covington played a bunch in the preseason each of the last two years. Nick Williams mm-hmm. didn't see a single snap. Like they feel very yeah. comfortable with where he's at. Brandon Staley has gone out of his way several times to praise his play. Mm-hmm. So I think Nick Williams is is closer to a starter than a roster bubble guy. Yeah, I, I don't remember hearing, you know, like a Khalil Mack, for example, go out of his way to say, oh, Christian Covington, you know. Uh, maybe he did, and I missed it. But just hearing, shut up, motorcycle. Um, over the past few weeks, just hearing his name over and over again and him not playing, yeah, Nick Williams on the team, no problem. Hope he's great. Good veteran, a lot of young guys in here, so a good veteran to have. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, uh, let's get to the linebacker room. I think this is pretty straightforward. I think mm-hmm. there are five, and I think it's the five that we predicted heading into the season. Yeah, no surprises uh, there, other than no, there's no surprise cut there. Like this, that's the group. No, the surprise really has been like the distribution of reps because. Mm. I, I think a lot of us were very optimistic about Dayon Henley heading into the offseason, but he's he's been stuck on the third team. And the only time that he's been mm-hmm. on the second team has been when Eamon and Nick Neiman were both hurt. Um, even last night, he didn't rotate in with those two. He didn't oh. like anything. It, it was third team reps exclusively. So I think people who are still holding out hope that Dayon would start over Kenneth Murray or like maybe replace Kenneth Murray midseason, I think this coaching staff views Dayon as kind of a redshirt candidate this year. Yeah. And that's, that's fine. I think they, okay. Do they have a good linebacker room? Not sure, but I, I think <laughs> I feel good enough where he can do that for a year. Um, and look, Kenneth Murray has looked really good in camp. So there's that. 
So yeah, I, I, but he but he is. We'll see how he rotates in, but he's he's firmly at, at best linebacker four. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, do you want to do edge rushers or corners or safeties next? Uh, let's do edge because it's. I think it's pretty simple. I think we yeah. both agree it's the four guys. Yeah, I I was curious if Carlo Kemp could do enough to maybe push this team to keep five. He was really good in the first two preseason games. Um, but last night, I think he got pushed around a little bit too much for my liking, especially in the run. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, similar to like an MK Egbele type, you know, you feel decent enough about like activating him off of the practice squad mm-hmm. and maybe seeing some action in a pinch. But I, I don't think he did enough to uh, be a roster lock at this point. Yeah, I agree there. I really wanted one of these edge rushers to do just like that one last game to really even just yeah. like even if it's just the practice squad, but like be the obvious practice squad guy. And there really wasn't one in the end there. I was kind of bummed. Yeah. All right. Um, this team loves to keep 10 defensive backs. I think we have to sort through <laughs> this a little bit here. Um, obviously, JC, Asante, Derwin, Elohi, Michael Davis, Ja Taylor, Dean Leonard, JT mm-hmm. Woods are safe. Um, I think that Raheem Lane is safe. He hasn't done a ton in the preseason, mm-hmm. but he's a core four special teams player. Is that enough for you to put him on the roster as a as a lock at this point? Yeah, I think Raheem Lane's a lock. I, I think he's been good enough in camp. Um, some guys are hurt. Sometimes he plays first team in camp. Uh, Mark Webb, obviously, when he's come back, has played more. But he's involved enough and a core special teamer and a good one at that. that yeah, I, I think he's a lock. I think he's just kind of Nick Neiman for this team where he's just, you know, they might start someone else over him on, on defense, but they love him on special teams. I saw the comments about the, the PTSD. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to bring up the, the PTSD. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, but yes, I agree. I think Lane is safe, but I wanted to check in and see where you were at as well. I think he's, He's a, a core special teams player. He's a starter in all four units. So mm-hmm. the debate is really what do we think this team thinks of Mark Webb at this point? Obviously, they were pretty high on him when they drafted him, at, You know, relatively speaking, for a seventh-round pick. Mm-hmm. He's been injured each of the last two preseasons. He was injured again this year. So to me, it's Mark Webb versus Taiwan Mullen. Maybe Cam Brown on on the outside looking in. I think uh, I would have loved for AJ Finley to to get a legit chance, but I don't think it's him. Yeah. I think it's Brown or Webb or Mullen. What's your read on that trio? That okay. Respectfully, I don't think it's Brown, so I'll I'll, I'll delete him here. Respectfully, delete you from the Excel sheet. Uh, Finley as well. I'll delete just to do that. <sighs> I, I think the team is higher on on Mark Webb, but I really loved the way Mullen has played in the preseason as a tackler, as a run defender, yeah, um, as a guy who's it's continued to improve in the NFL. Um, I don't know that Mark Webb has done so much that you worry about him being claimed, unless some teams really high on him. But they've already cut him before last preseason, and he wasn't claimed, although there was more of an injury there. But I think they really want to make him work after all these years, and he's finally healthy. I hope so. I think that I think that he's the guy that they keep, but I I really want to keep Mullen. Yeah, man. I I watching watching the film back of that the last two games. Tywan Mullen was somebody who 
I thought really stood out. I think he is the perfect kind of slot defender for this defense. You know, he loves to seek out contact. He's a great blitzer, I think. He's a fantastic tackler in space. And you watch that second and you watch that third team and second team defense and you look at the defensive backs and Taiwan Mullen has very clearly been like the biggest standout in that regard, in my opinion. But it's just, it's tough for me to see him get a roster spot and, and figure out a role because he, if he makes this team, his biggest role is probably on special teams. Whereas if Mark Webb makes this team, he's the fourth safety. He's probably getting snaps at some point throughout the season yeah. as as a as a safety like i think that the role on defense advantage would go to mark webb even though i think tywin mullen has done more to elevate his stock throughout the preseason yeah that's that's a perfect way to put it um yeah bummer for mullen mullen we'll talk about practice squad later but he's certainly a priority yeah so i i do think that mark webb makes this i think he is effectively safety four but really he's mm -hmm. like the 10th db in terms of making the roster right yep all right special teams players so uh does that say 26 or 25 at the bottom 25 okay so we're at 25 and 25 on each side perfect uh okay so special teams we know jk scott is safe we know josh harris is safe the kicker debate has kind of come back a little bit, I guess, with Dustin Hopkins performing and coming back from the injury and and looking good. Do you think he has done enough to hold off Cameron Dicker, who I think is at like 92.5% on the preseason? Or do you think this is Dicker's job at this point? Yeah, it... it... It was it was close, I think, earlier this offseason, but you know, but particular excuse me, Hopkins has not kicked until recently. And I just think you don't want to head into the season with another player. You you're worried about him getting hurt again. Uh, and Dicker's been Dicker's been way too good. He's there's no like there's no reason to not keep Cameron Dicker, honestly. I, I respect the experience, but at this point they've had Dicker kick you know, 50 something kicks in camp and in the preseason, mm -hmm. he hit his 50 yarders. Like it, it's over for, for Hopkins. I think at this point. Yeah. I think if Hopkins had come back or if he had stayed healthy rather, I think you probably mm -hmm. could have made a bigger argument for Hopkins, but not only was Hopkins injured while he was injured, Cameron Dicker went on like a tear where there was like, yep. You know, 90%, 90%, 90%, obviously some days where he was kicking a hundred percent. So I think that Cameron Dicker has had a great summer, great summer. I think he's been really uh, the kind of player that you want to see in, in a position battle who has seized his opportunity, seized his role. Apparently there are some people who are like concerned about his leg strength. I don't share that concern at all. In fact, I think that he can go out to 55 plus and still be an, an effective kicker. Like I think he has a legitimate leg where he can, you know, show off more than what he did last year. Um, Dustin Hopkins, for what it's worth, has like more hang time on kickoffs, like by a very slim margin. But I, I just think that if you cut Cameron Dicker, he's getting claimed elsewhere in a hurry. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. I think that you're potentially missing out on a long term kicker solution. Whereas yep. Dustin Hopkins, his best case scenario is that he kicks this year and then you, you have to cut him next year because of his, his cap number 
because they are $60 million in the red. <laughs> so I just think that Cameron Dicker is, is the better kicker right now. And I think he's the better long-term option. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Cameron Dicker, if there's any questions of his leg, it's not, it's not his leg strength. It's just, we haven't seen him hit from 50 plus. It's more like opportunities than it is about leg strength. I think. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't have any questions of, of that. And even then I don't think Hopkins has some significantly stronger leg anyway. No. no. And obviously it's, you know, unfortunate Dustin Hopkins losing his job because of injury essentially, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. We'll always have that Denver game winning kick moment in our, in our minds and, how he saved the kicker situation in 2021. I know. I don't remember the last time we cut a kicker and we're sad to see him. Go. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it would have been cool to cover like a legit kicking battle. So that's, that's another thing that sucks about, uh, you know, Dustin Hopkins getting injured, but uh, mm-hmm. I think Cameron Dicker has just been too good. He's too young. He's got too much upside. Yeah. I think he's clearly the guy. Yeah. So do we have the exact same 53 as popper? Is that what we just did? uh i think so i believe so yes that's not intentionally but (laughs) yeah of course no not intentionally um huh yeah my biggest curiosity honestly today was was really like dos versus dotson and Mm -hmm. i like i just i think we came to the the right conclusion there yeah i like dotson more but yeah they gotta keep keep six wide receivers they've been almost like they've tried their hardest to get any receiver they could find on this team yeah, to try to get the best six that they could. So yeah, they keep six. It's a placeholder for DOS for now. It's not even really DOS over Dotson. It's just wide receiver over running back. And that same wide receiver is technically just Jalen Guyton replacer, you know, not copy paste placeholder. Yeah. Now. And I do think that there's something to be said about, Darius Davis's role here too, where he's probably not going to have much of a role on offense outside of like some gadget things. Whereas Doss can be kind of that fifth receiver when you need one. So I, I think a six receiver is just more important than a fourth running back at this point. Yes. Huh. Chat. How do we feel about the two quarterbacks? You think it's actually going to happen? <laughs> that's, that's the one like everything yeah. rides on that, right? Yeah. Because if you keep three, then you're probably cutting DOS. I don't know. I don't feel great about that one. Probably Webb. Probably Webb. So they do nine defense backs instead of 10. I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Just don't do it. How about that? (laughs) Just don't do either one. Yeah. All right. Uh, Running through things really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, two quarterbacks: Justin Herbert, Easton Stick. Three running backs: Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller. One fullback: Xander Horvath. Four tight ends: Gerald Everett, Donald Parham, Trey McKitty. For now, and Stone Smart. Uh, six receivers: Keenan Allen, Darius Davis, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson, Josh Palmer, Keelan Doss, with Jalen Guyton on the pup. Um, nine offensive linemen: with Rashawn Slater, Zion Johnson, Corey Lindsey, Jamari Sawyer, Trey Pipkins, Foster Sorrell, Jordan McFadden, Will Clapp, and Zach Bailey. And then shifting to the defensive side here, if you could, Tyler. Sorry. Sorry, I fell asleep at the wheel. All right, hold on. It's okay. Here we go. Defensively, we have four edge rushers, Joey Bosa, Tui, Tui Pelotu, Kilo Mack, and Chris Rumpf. Six defensive linemen, Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, Christopher Hinton, Nick Williams, and Scott Matlock. 
five linebackers, Eric Kendricks, Eamon, Ogbong, Wamiga, Kenneth Murray, Leon Henley, and Nick Neiman. Uh, five cornerbacks, J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., Michael Davis, Dean Leonard, and Jasir Taylor. Five safeties with Derwin James, Lohi Gilman, J.T. Woods, Mark Webb, and Raheem Lane. Uh, Otito Ogbonia starts on the pup list as well. And then specialists, we have Cameron Digger, J.K. Scott, and Josh Harris. All right. Feeling, I, I feel pretty good about that. I think if we get 50, if we miss anything, I feel like it's 51 out of 53. I feel like yeah. the margin for missing here is very small. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's really, like you said, the quarterback is, is the one I'm most iffy yeah. on because mm-hmm. like, I, I think they could easily keep the three quarterbacks and, and they could do, they could use that quarterback as the placeholder spot, you know, keep Max Duggan and then cut him after the massive cut down roster day happens. And right. Maybe he's your placeholder for the day, but yeah, that's the one I'm most iffy on. We'll see. I, we have yet to be 100% correct. Mark Mark Webb last year was the one that changed things for me. Um, yeah. We were almost perfect. It was Mark Webb that uh, doomed our, our perfect prediction. Yep. All right, Tyler. Uh, let's really quickly identify some of the practice squad guys we definitely want to keep around. Um, obviously, Max Duggan definitely want to keep him on the practice squad because he's the quarterback. Um, in an ideal world, who else are you keeping on the practice squad? Uh, someone we haven't mentioned, we'll, I don't know what his injury status is, but Blake Lynch, if he's still like healthy enough and okay, sure. um, they need another linebacker out there. And I think that he performed pretty well in that second preseason game. Um, then he got hurt, but some good things from him. So I think him also is kind of a veteran guy. Ficken, I don't know if it's Ficken guy is the right way to say it, but knows Ficken, knows Jeff Howard, I believe. Or maybe missed him by. Yeah, he was in Minnesota with both of them, yeah. Okay, so I think him, uh, Mullen, we've talked about, absolutely. Obviously, Dotson, absolutely. Hightower, more than welcome. Um, Drog Clark, Okoye, I would be fine with Moa as well. Who do you think the edge rusher is going to be, though? That's the one I'm not really so sure about. Yeah, I could see Carlo Kemp looking for a a better situation. Mm -hmm. I think he's been on the team for a, a little while, and, you know, this kind of happens to, you know, guys like Isaac Rochelle, um, other guys who have kind of been on the team for a little bit, kind of prefer a new chance. So I could see him looking elsewhere. I think Ty Shelby, you, you want to bring back. And I think Andrew Farmer, you want to bring back as well. Mm-hmm. I believe they've only kept one true edge rusher in the Staley era, which is two years. But um, yeah, we'll see. But I feel like they also had more D tackles before. Like as always, some yeah. comments with like Covington, Gassiano. And those yep. guys. So I think maybe you, I think this is the year they go to edge rushers. I think Shelby and Farmer are are your one and two. Yeah. One guy I definitely want to keep is Mikhail Jones, the linebacker. Yeah. Uh, number 49, who had, <laughs> as you mentioned, the, the roadblock <laughs> block of the day on yeah. Dion's interception. But, you know, watching the preseason games back, I think you can see him really showing some great instincts, a really nice tackling ability. Um, last night, I thought he had some really nice tackles in space. Um, so I, I think Mikael Jones is is interesting enough, similar to mm-hmm. like a Damon Lloyd type of player where you yeah. want to keep him around. Um, I think they'll keep multiple linebackers on the practice squad. You know, it's it's such a like special teams position too. Um, Mikael Jones was kind of the, the play caller of that third team unit. You know, um, Tom Telesco pointed out just like the energy that he plays with is really kind of infectious to that unit. So uh, Mikael Jones is, is definitely somebody I want to keep around. 
Yeah, that works for me. Um, Cornerback wise, I think definitely want to keep Mullen. I think Cam Brown as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not super attached to any of the other cornerbacks. Um, I could see them keeping Jaquette again because they've kind of had mm-hmm. a, a history there. Um, it's not Hankins, is it? Is Hankins the uh, other corner? Yeah, Hankins is the other one. I, I'd be okay with that, honestly. I think he shows a veteran out there. Things. Yeah, a, veteran, a bit more of a veteran presence. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ Finley? Yeah, AJ Finley for sure. I, I think I, I might have been maybe a little bit too high on him, but you know, I, I, I think that he's he's an interesting player to keep around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those guys, honestly, like who said it earlier in the chat, this is a strong practice squad as far as I'm concerned. A lot of, you know, half of them could jockey for the roster bubble spot. And they are just, you know, some guys over other guys. I, I hope, I hope Dotson sticks around, but I don't, this doesn't feel like a Bailey, or not Bailey, Bandy situation where nobody really wants the small, you know, <laughs> not super athletic. No offense. Um, did great in the preseason, obviously, but it's just different. Yeah. Dotson is someone with so many teams looking for the next running back. So they don't have yeah. to pay their guy next year. Dotson is a guy is just like, yeah, let's, let's add that. Yeah. I unfortunately think Dotson and Clark get claimed elsewhere. Yeah. Also Hymas. I've already mentioned him, but Brendan Hymas. Yeah. I think I mentioned him earlier, but definitely okay. as your third center. Um, Austin Pleasance, you can keep around, you know, the other, the other offensive linemen didn't get a ton of playing time this, this off season. Um, I liked Juari Branch at Maryland a little bit. You know, um, we didn't see Isaac Weaver play hardly at all. I think he got cut actually. Um, Andrew Tainer, so. Trainer barely yeah. played. Matt Kasky barely played. So I think of the offensive linemen, you want to keep Hymas and you want to keep Branch. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Trainer is really your only other offensive tackle, but I don't know if you want to keep three offensive linemen on the practice squad. So, and he's hurt still, I think. Or did they cut him? Who? Trainer? No, trainer's back. He played last night. Really? He's mm-hmm. not on their depth chart. <laughs> Is he really back? Unless I'm tripping and saw a different number sixty. Uh, I thought they cut trainer or waved him, waved injured. Oh, Isaac Weaver is sixty. Oh, gotcha. I guess they did cut trainer. My mistake. Bummer. There's. We they just can't find a they cannot find a depth tackle. We don't have so they don't even have a backup tackle on the on the depth practice squad then, right? Unless you count. Oh no, Pleasance. No, Pleasance. I think you can keep around. Um, apparently Thomas is saying that Dotson did say that Telesco was the only GM to call him on day three of the draft. Chargers huh. were only one of the eight teams that talked to him at all. Wow, but he's like he's an older prospect because he's twenty four. He's twenty four. Yeah, he's also. Um, so I understand why there wasn't like a ton of interest in him in the uh, after the draft. But you know, you look up at the running statistics on PFF. Like Dotson's one of the best in the league in the preseason right now. So mm-hmm. I think he gets claimed. Unfortunately, yeah. High profile rushing attack throughout the preseason. High profile team to a certain and extent moments too like he's had some moments. great moments yeah so whether you look at the stat sheet or just some highlights i think he's he's out there yeah all right well i uh 
there are some decisions that I think I would have made differently and we'll see what happens. But <laughs> I think this is the, the right 53 in terms of projecting it, but we'll see what happens. So uh, Tyler, any final thoughts before we head out? Uh, nope. We'll react to those cuts on Wednesday. You'll see the episode on Wednesday where we react to the cuts and the formation of the practice squad. If they get that in time, by the time we record, we'll see um, or whoever they bring back. So, yep. Yeah. Should be fun. We're all, we're almost there. Then we have almost a dead there. week. And then, and then we have stuff. Yeah. But we'll have lots of uh, good content coming into that couple weeks. So um, like Tyler mentioned, we will be reacting to the roster cuts on Tuesday on the Chargers channel, which will be publishing on Wednesday. Um, a certain Caribbean dweller will be joining us next Thursday as well for a, a fun episode before we head into the actual season. And then um, we'll have some other great content throughout the rest of the season. So I'm excited to uh, drop some things. I, I, spoil, I uh, teased this a little bit in our Discord. We have a financial opportunity coming out uh, on Labor Day, which we'll get into. And I'm very excited to release that out to the public. And hopefully you guys can uh, jump on board and, and support the show in that regard. So should be a lot of fun. Cannot wait for the rest of the season. Thank you, Tyler, for joining me as always. Thanks, everybody, in the chat for uh, uh, tuning in today. If you are listening to this, make sure to leave us a rating or review. Watching, make sure to like, subscribe, all that good stuff we always appreciate. And as always, that's going to do it for us. Bolt up. We'll see you next time. Yes. Can't wait for Jack Sparrow next week. <laughs>